We're dealing with that herd mentality, you know, and, and they don't want to be the ones to step out of the herd. Howdy, folks. I'm Alfonso Rachel with Buddy Bill Whittle. This is the Virtue Signal, and we are going to, hey, you know how we do. We're trying to set this record straight on what actual virtue is so that, you know, we're not ruled by the so-called virtue of perverts. Um, speaking of perverts. Uh, too, I saw, late. <laughs> too, <yeah. laughs> nah, man, we still got some fight. Nah, of course, of course. All right. So um, I saw this. This uh, I'm thinking about Lindsey Graham's latest uh, uh, stance on abortion and what I saw with uh, Dr. Phil. Uh, I saw uh, Ly Lila Rose on a Dr. Phil show, holding ground right on his show. Uh, starting with Lindsey Graham, uh, if I understand correctly, he's proposing that uh, a bill of like uh, 15 weeks, uh, abortion is, uh, let me see, I think up to 15 weeks, um, uh, abortion is, should, we're gonna make sure that abortion will still be legal. Uh, and, and that ties in with uh, uh, Lila Rose going on the, the Dr. Phil show. And Dr. Phil is is just sticking to the science or the the lack of a consensus uh, concerning the scientific community about when life begins. Uh, I, it's just so funny, like how selective people can be about what science says or what science doesn't. Yeah, say. That is, yeah I've saying. noticed that. And I mean, it just you know, this blockhead is just sitting. I mean, you know, he's got a head like a like a like a like a cheese wheel, man. And 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 he's just ignoring everything that Lila and Lila's just breaking it down. She's even got people in the audience going, "Oh snap! Wow, that that makes sense." Of course, you're gonna have your hardwired knuckleheads in there that mm -hmm. are gonna stick with <laughs> this lie. Hardwired hard knuckleheads, right. yeah. That's you know, which is a disgrace to knuckleheads, man, because I think of myself as a knucklehead, <laughs> yeah. right? But you know, it's just sad when um, to 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 see this guy who's I guess seen as such an intelligent and reasonable person be so unreasonable about life, and then when you have like you a, who, who are you talking about? Uh, 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 Doctor Phil, and uh, and then also when you have traitors. Like like Lindsey Graham, who is gonna who is gonna um, capitulate on this? I mean, we just had this uh, um, uh, this uh, uh, opinion with, with with Roe v. Wade, and I mean, I'm not too happy with the fallout for that, and you guys understand why. But then for Lindsey Graham to even go even further and say, "No, we're gonna do this thing with 15 weeks," I'm like, "Wow, what are you doing?" No, I mean, what what am I missing here, Bill? I've talked a lot on other shows about um, this idea of distributed intelligence and uh, and the wisdom of crowds, and that has led me to look very closely not at, at at polls, political polls, because polls have a small sample. You can be very selective about the polls. People, only certain people will answer a poll, and so, so all these potential biases. And you can, in fact, obviously, you can commission a poll to tell you whatever you want to tell you. But betting odds. Uh, betting, uh, online betting is is a much more reliable predictor because it's your you've got money on the line, right? This is not an ideological position. This is I want to I want to get this right so I can make some money. So since self interest is involved, it tends to be a lot more um, fundamentally true. And somewhere about two months ago, 
two or three months ago, these trend lines that have been going like crazy, the Republican line going up, the Democrat line going down. We had a, something at, at the peak. We had something like a 92%, 93%, maybe it was 96% chance of taking the House and like a 67% chance of taking the Senate. And then all of a sudden, these lines immediately crossed. I mean, just, just soon. Now, they're starting to head back a little bit, but they crossed. And that is about the time that uh, the Roe v. Wade decision came out. Now, I don't know whether that is the cause or whether it's part of the cause or anything else. And I am certainly not saying we need to modify our uh, our morality and our and our opinions and our philosophy based on what other people say. But since the question is about Lindsey Graham and so on, I suspect that what they're trying to do is is mitigate some of that. Uh, the reason it took me so long to see that that might be it is because, frankly, I don't see any of the, when we, we were told if Roe v. Wade would be overturned, we'd see buildings on fire in the streets, right? We haven't seen that. It's not, it's not a constant topic of conversation out there. It's not really on the radar. It looked, you know, but, but those numbers did change. So we're at the point now where we have to ask ourselves a practical problem. And I'm not suggesting a solution. I'm just saying this is, this is a problem that has faced us from the beginning, it's not going to go away. It's a problem that will be here as long as humans are here and as long as politics are here. And here is the problem. It is possible to be 100% true to principles. And because of that, you never win elections. And because you never win elections, your principles are never put in place. That is the great dilemma, right? That's, that's the dilemma. And we're willing to compromise on our principles on a, on a bunch of issues, you know, we're willing to compromise on them. But this one particular issue is a life and death issue. This is an issue where compromise is complicity, essentially. And, and so that seems to be where we are. The, the question we have to ask ourselves, at least, uh, at least among people who are watching this show, is not a question of whether abortion is morally right or wrong. We already know the answer to that. We, we did a show just a week ago or two weeks ago uh, on, on, on this abortion porn. So, so I know what side I'm on, and I know I'm on the right side. We have, and again, I know what this sounds like, and I'm not saying this. I'm raising this as a, as a practical question to an extremely difficult problem. What do we do about this issue of it doesn't matter how principled you are if you if you don't get elected. So the, the, the practical question isn't whether this is right or wrong. The practical question is, what did you say Lindsey Graham was proposing, a 10-week or 15-week? Yeah, 15 weeks. Is, is a 15-week ban better than uh, a full-term uh, possibility of abortion? Some people would say yes if you believe that life begins at conception. Then, as I do, then it essentially isn't right. It's just you're just picking a different day. Mm-hmm. But this is this is where we are, and and what it tells me is that once again, as we talked about on our other show this week about law enforcement, is that we cannot we cannot expect politics to solve the moral problem that we have in our society. The the politics will reflect the moral stance of the population. And the 
the long-term solution to this uh, to this dilemma that I mentioned about about you know compromising and is, is half a loaf better than no loaf? The solution to this is not necessarily to accept that. The solution to this is to change people's minds about the fundamental issue. And that is where we need to be fighting. And we have made certainly large gains, believe it or not, in that regard. Because I remember when Roe v. Wade was was implemented in 73, I think. I remember that time very well. This was just, it was just you know, it was a, a lot more liberal time than it is today. Uh, so I suspect that's the motivation behind Lindsey Graham. I don't know if that's going to do more harm than good. Uh, I, I certainly don't think that something like this is going to get people who are pro Roe v. Wade to suddenly go, you know what, those Republicans aren't bad at all. I'm kind of in favor of, you know, no. This kind of compromise doesn't win over anybody. All it does is, is lose support among your base. And on this particular issue, I think, I think on this one, I'd rather be on the side of the angels and go down to defeat than, than, then pony up with the devil and 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 maybe sneak across the line. I don't feel that way about other issues, but I do feel that way about this one. Yeah, this it's a uh, you know I see this kind of you know self serving sellout approach. Uh, I don't really see the redeeming value in it. Um, you know when 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 Lindsay's going to talk about something like fifteen weeks. You know when this person is going to qualify as a human being. I mean, what that makes me think is like, well, why don't, how about, how about we do this also? Uh, when it comes to black people, uh, if you are about this shade of black, yeah, uh, you can go ahead, we, you can make them slaves. You can force it. But if they're, if they're lighter than that, then you can't make them slaves. Okay. So it's, it's like, but unfortunately I can't use that argument because the let, civil war wasn't about slavery. Let but, me just jump in. Let me just jump in on that for just one second. Cause it's a really important point about the abortion issue, right? Mm. The reason that you can't have a, a a card, right? You know, the, the I think it was the Family Guy who did that or something. He's like, you know, hold up this card to this person and see which skin color they match, whether it's okay or not. Mm. The reason you can't do that is because the the variation in skin color is a is a perfect spectrum. There's no binary decisions here, right? There's no there's no one shade that immediately turns into another. It is an absolutely uniform spectrum. Same thing for. Uh, for the life of a fetus, it uh, that either becomes a person at conception or at birth, but there is nothing between those two points that is a dividing line, with the possible exception, and I think this is a reasonable one, of the of the uh, registration of the heartbeat of the of the uh, infant in question. But that's the issue, right? If there was if there was a if there was some sort of biological event that happened between uh, between month zero and month nine. You could at least start triangulating on that, but but no one day is any different than the day before. So right. your your argument is is absolutely correct. Where do you where do you arbitrarily draw this line at fifteen weeks? Indeed, man, and it's it, you know, and even the whole heartbeat that's that's a moot point because we've seen um, the the end result of where these people are trying to get to. They, even a kid can be born, and they'll still be like, yeah, well, we want another month to decide if we're going to let the kid live or not. So we all, we've always known that this is infanticide, whether it's, uh, you know, pre, pre, prenatal or postnatal. That's 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 always been the goal. Um, you know, it's it's unfortunate that, um, you know, it, I'll, t I'll, I'll say about what, uh, what I'm thinking is unfortunate with uh, the incident of Lila Rose uh, and, and Dr. Phil. Um, th th this argument about when 
the um, the life begins. And as as we understand it, it begins at conception. And we have these people who try to say that it's whether it's scientific, you know, scientific, trying to hold authority on what's scientific, trying to hold authority on 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 what's constitutional. Man, I, I mean, I just think it's interesting how the Constitution writes it. It doesn't say all men are born equal. It says all men are created equal. That's a, that's a fascinating point. You know, it's and the thing is, it's a fascinating point. There's only as as we can see, nobody's actually be born equal. You, you're going to be born in different circumstances and all that sort of stuff, and and th- and, and attributes that you will have, and you know mm-hmm. the things that you know people may do better than somebody else or whatnot, but. You know, interestingly enough, the founding fathers, they wrote it in as created equal because there's only one thing that really makes us truly equal. And that's how we're created. And that's the marriage of the male seed to the female egg. That's how we all got here. And once that creation happens, not the birth, the creation, you have rights. And and founding fathers, man, they're, they're... I don't know. It's like these people think that the, uh, the founding fathers were like these dumb people, primitives or something like that. No, they yeah. were the most educated people that ever lived. Very educated. I mean, they they knew of, of people who would disqualify the personhood of, of women who would go in and, and cut off bloodlines by going and cutting babies from women's wombs. And they're like, no, nah, man, we ain't going to we're not going to continue that here. That baby has rights. You won't be cutting babies from people's wombs to, to exterminate their bloodlines. So. They to think that they didn't know anything about abortion or abortifacients or anything like that is patently false. So, um, but the bottom line is is that they're trying to um, you know make it like we have no sense of empathy. You know, like one woman in there, she like she she starts getting all emotional and say, "What about a ten year old girl? Um, you know, who who's been uh, uh, molested and you're gonna force her to to have a child and stuff like that?" It's like, like you don't think that bothers us. Of course it does. But here's the thing that y'all keep leaving out. How is it the kid in the womb's fault? You're going to make that kid pay the penalty of death for what somebody else has done. We have the empathy to know that you don't make somebody pay the penalty of death for somebody else's crime. Okay, but but we're seen as the ones who lack empathy and lack compassion. uh, And these are the things that they're able to sell and using these emotional arguments and in, in spinning people's um, emotional triggers to make this stuff work while claiming to be all scientific and pro-constitution. This is a this whole issue and, and what you just said as an example are are prime examples of of how the rhetorical intelligence of the left can win an argument by simply by simply defining the language. Mm-hmm. Not coming down on you or anything, but you said that this theoretical ten-year-old uh, girl had been molested by this guy. She wasn't molested by him; she was raped by him. Mm. Uh, and and so we end up talking about this issue as pro-life versus pro-choice. These are both advertising terms. Mm. They're both designed to make our product look better uh, relative to the other product. The argument is a pro-abortion, anti-abortion issue. And and anytime I hear pro-life or pro-choice, I just say, no, 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 we're not going to go down that road. We're going to stick to to the issue and we're not going to let the language pull us between, well, would I rather be a person who's in favor of life or a person who's in favor of choice? I'm in favor of both. But the thing that, the thing that we can make up the most territory. My original point about about you cannot expect the politics to save you from the morality of the people who vote. It just doesn't work that way. The the, the morality of the politics will re- reflect the morality of the people who send them there. 
And, and this is where the problem is. And so when I talk about the power of language, the, the first thing that we should be operating on in terms of a societal counterattack to this is we could we shall never, ever, ever let anybody say this is my body again. That that anytime anybody says it's my body, it's my choice, you gotta stop right there, right there. Okay? Because the the scientific factual truth of it, and I'm not a biologist, you know, but <laughs> but but basically, as you said, when that sperm enters the membrane of the egg, the DNA of that egg changes. Prior to uh, conception, the DNA of the egg is carrying the mother's DNA, the sperm is carrying the father's DNA, you've got two separate individuals, and an unfertilized egg is in fact that person's body because it's got the same DNA as any other cell. When that union occurs, this chemical miracle occurs, and it is no longer the DNA of the mother. It's the DNA of the mother and the father in a combination that is one in, I forget what the, the total number is, it's one in four trillion or something, possible combinations. That's more people than will ever live on, on this planet. So that that instant, that moment, that is, an, a, is a unique individual cell that is rapidly becoming uh, human in form. But its its uniqueness and its difference from the mother and the father is occurs at that instant. Mm -hmm. And so when we say when we get into an argument about whether somebody should be able to do something with their own body or not, we've already lost the argument. Of course I don't want the government telling me what to do with my body. I don't want the government telling me I have to take injections of any kind. It's my body, I can do whatever I want with it. And everybody believes this. So when we buy into that argument, we lose. So, so when when you hear that it's my choice, it's my body, you got to stop. It, ma'am, with with respect, it's not your body anymore. It's in your body, but it's not your body. And and we're going to have this discussion predicated on truth, not on on this fiction that makes things sound a lot more uh, morally equivalent than than it is. That's how we lose these fights is we we. It's the same thing with, with guns. We talk about gun rights. We talk about the Second Amendment and the Constitution. We talk about the founders. We talk about high-capacity magazines. No. Does, does a 98-pound school teacher have the right to defend her life against three 200-pound men in a parking lot at 2 o'clock in the morning? Yes or no? And that's the it. That's the mm -hmm. argument. And when we stick to philosophy, we win. And when we get into the weeds of, of uh, li linguistics and, and splitting hairs and legal definitions and policy, we always lose, which is why they constantly try to drive us towards those arguments. Absolutely. And, that, and that's the key thing right there, Bill, is that they drive us to those arguments because a lot of philosophy, a so-called philosophy in the, in the Republican voting tent is that we should stay away from social issues. Don't bring up social. Don't bring up uh, abortion. Don't bring up, you know, uh, uh, same sex marriage. Don't bring it. It's like we don't have to. They will always bring these things up. And that's right. And because Republicans have been told to not to, to not address these issues, you don't get sharpened on them and you mean a dull instrument and turn it and then they end up winning with it. So, um, you know, this. Um, when, when we're talking about it's their body, and, and don't get me wrong, because I, I mean, I, I, a lot of you know uh, pro-life people will let them know, no, it's not your body, and then we'll go into the science of it. But we're dealing with people, as I've said many times before, people who are given over to their imaginations. 
They have the, the, their whole, their policy is built on reimagining things. They, they imagine they're, magical they're, magical thinking. Yeah. Absolutely, their, their, their anthem is imagined by 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 John Lennon. That's that's just where they live. So we we can give them these well reasoned arguments and basically break down you know the, the the individual that's that's in the womb and stuff like that. But their emotion and their imagination dictates to how they're going to conclude what that is. So once again, it's a point of. How do you communicate with these people who don't register the language of reason, but are instead given over to their imaginations? I mean, these are the people who claim to be the coexist people, but they don't want to coexist with that kid. You know, these are the people who who talk about equal rights and equity, but they don't want to give equity to that kid and they don't want to give equal rights to that kid. They're always in total contradiction to their own narrative and canceling themselves out. Uh, now, we understand that and trying to tell them that, you know, they don't get it. Now, don't get me wrong, Bill, because I mean, I, you've probably had like one on ones where you see the bell go off. And you're like, oh, snap. But a lot of times we're dealing with that herd mentality, you know, and, and they don't want to be the ones to step out of the herd. And, uh, you know, but there has to be for, for me, Bill, that's 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 been the answer for so long. They've shown us how they've driven their narrative. You know, and, and, and using the, the pull, uh, playing on emotional triggers and being given over to imagination to promote their lie. And that's just a method that hasn't been really explored to be able to connect with these people to tell them the truth. And I think it can be done. So, uh, folks, we hope that uh, you will support us here at BillWhittle.com. Share these videos. Uh, become a member at BillWhittle.com. Help us keep these shows on the go. And, uh, you know, we want to do our part to creatively and you know, and uh, be compelling with promoting truth and sanity, and it's and, and setting the record straight on what virtue actually is, and not let virtue be dictated by these perverts. Thanks again, y'all. I'm Alfonso Rachel for Bill Whittle. Good night. Mm-hmm.